Hey folks, it's JR. Gonna get cranked up here on Echoes of Shannon Street Case File. It's gonna be episode three, the call part one. The timeline on, on the call is large enough that we can't get it all in in one segment. I think we can get it done probably in two parts or maybe three. Just gonna play it by ear and see what happens. We've got uh, Lindbergh Sanders and Michael Cohen are both angry, angry with each other and angry with the police. This segment here, this part one, we're going to deal with the civilian statements, what they saw. Uh, actually, too, we're going to have a little, this is going to be a little background on Lindbergh Sanders himself. The reason he's such a critical character in all this is because he was their religious leader. I think it would be helpful if everybody up understands or appreciates where Lindbergh Sanders was coming from, especially with the fact that uh, he was a mental consumer that's going to impact what happens. But also you'll see the loyalty the members have to him, or at least half his members do. Go on and we'll uh, go through this first little segment with the seating positions of everybody in the living room and then we'll go right into the statements. If y'all remember from episode Two, Michael Coleman's called the police. Bobby Hester and Ray Swill are gonna be heading over there. And if you remember from the previous episode, of course, you've got uh, Lindbergh's in a bad mood, Michael Coleman's in a bad mood, everybody's in a bad mood. Also, we're gonna do a little background on uh, Lindbergh Sanders. That's what a good bit of this civilian statement that we see coming up are about. You need to know where Lindbergh's coming from, what his followers think of it. Okay, we're going to go over the uh, police statements taken from civilians who are a part of the religious cult. All these members were present in the house on January 11, 1983, when Officer Hester and Officer Swill showed up. The members are Joe Coleman, Melvin Davis, Fred Davis, Tyrone Henley, who is one of Lindbergh Sanders' sons, Jackie Robinson, and Reginald McRae. During the time you've been associated with Lindbergh Sanders, did he tell you why he had such a hatred for the police and that why he referred to them as the devil? I can remember only one thing. He said the police came and got him and was beating his head up against the wall or something. He just said that's when he opened his eyes and saw that's what the world was about. Did he ever, correction, did you ever hear him refer to himself as little Jesus? Yes. Did he ex ever explain to you why he called himself little Jesus? Yes. Said that God called upon him to interpret the Bible. How do you know Lindbergh Sanders? I am a member of his religious group. What was your purpose for going to Lindbergh Sanders' house? There was a meeting over at his house. What was the purpose of the meeting? He said the world was going to end and all the brothers were to meet over there. Did he say when the world was supposed to come to an end? Monday, he said. It was supposed to end on Monday. How many people were at Lindbergh's house when you got there Monday? About 16. Can you name the people that you saw? Michael Coleman, Tim Coleman, Squeaky, that is all I know, Fred, Lee Lindbergh was there, Pete Earl, all the guys that were killed was over there Monday. Did your group have a particular name? 
Everybody called us crazy, so we named ourselves the Lunch Bunch. We was out to lunch. Question, who is in charge of your group? Lindbergh Sanders. Did Lindbergh call himself anything as being head of the group? He was the elder. Did Lindbergh ever tell you that he had died once and had come back as little Jesus and that he couldn't die anymore? Yeah, he had told us he had died one and wasn't supposed to die anymore. How did he tell you that he wouldn't die anymore? He told us that when he was admitted, committed, his wife had him committed for the first time, that when he was arrested and brought downtown, he was beat by the policeman. He said they handcuffed him and there was some words between him and the officer and he was told, and he told them he was little Jesus. And they said, okay, little Jesus, this is what you're going to get and took his head and banged it against the floor. He laid there for a minute, and the next thing he remembered was standing in a corner. I guess he thought he was dead during the time they was beating his head. Getting back to Tuesday evening, January 11th, 1983, exactly where was you in the house when the policeman come? I was sitting the doorway, sitting in the doorway of the, the hall between the living room and the bathroom. Can you explain the exact location of the other people in the house when the police came? T.C. Earl Mike and David Jordan was on the couch by the front door. Pete, Tyrone, Jackie, and Reginald was on the love seat, and Lonnie, Juju, Cassell on the extension of the love seat on the south wall of the living room. Lindbergh was sitting on the arm of the chair on the south wall of the living room. Joe was standing by me on the east wall of the living room. Tyrone Henley, you are under arrest and will be charged with assault to murder, TCA 39-604. This charge growing out of your assaulting officer R.O. Swill on Tuesday, January 11, 1983 at 2239 Shannon. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to have a lawyer, either of your own choice or court appointed if you cannot afford one, and to have your lawyer with you during questioning if you wish. Do you understand each of these rights I have explained to you? Yes. Having these rights in mind, do you wish to talk to us now? Yes. Tyrone, do you know Lindbergh Sanders? Yes, he's my father. Was this occasion also according to Lindbergh for the purpose that he had told y'all the world was coming to an end on Monday. Yeah, he had mentioned that the world was going to come to an end on Monday. And if we served our wives, that our wives would go to heaven. Did your father ever have any conversation with yourself or other members of the group in regards to his likes or dislikes for the policeman? No, he never said anything about the policeman to me. He never taught me to hate them or anything like that. Whenever I saw my father, he would just talk about things he read in the Bible. Do you recall a few years ago when your father was arrested by the complaint of Miss Sanders, his wife, and that as a result of this arrest by the police that they had beat him around the head? Yes. 
what did he tell you about this? He said that to him, it was a baptizing. He said the police tried to kill him, but they couldn't. He told me how they beat his head against the wall. That's all he said. Did he ever tell you or your, or any of, sorry, or any members of the group that the police had killed him and that he had come back to life as little Jesus and that he couldn't die anymore? Yes, he did. Was it known, was it a known fact among your group that your father was the leader of this group? Yes, everyone looked at him as an elder, like your son would you. He was an elder. Do you know why your father's wife had him committed? No, I don't know why. I had heard that she was under the impression he was going crazy. That's all I know. Getting back to Tuesday, January 11, 1983, exactly how many people and what are their names that was in your father's house when the police arrived? My father, myself, Larnell, Joe, T.C., Pete, Reginald, Cassell, Earl, Michael, Juju, Jackie, Fred, David Lee. Exactly where were you in the house when the police knocked on the door? I was on the couch on the south wall of the living room. Who all was at the house on Tuesday, January 11, 1983, when you were there? Lindbergh Sanders, Lonnie Sanders, Tyrone Hindley, Reginald McRae, Jackie Robinson Young, Earl Thomas, Cassell Harris, Juju, I don't know his name, David Jordan, Joe, I can't say his last name, Fred Davis, Michael Coleman, Pete Murphy, and T.C. I don't know his last name. After Michael called the police to the house, what did Lindbergh Sanders tell you all about leaving before the police got there? He said if the police came here, some of y'all is going to get somewhere. He was talking to everybody. But he said he already knew if the police come there to the house, you are going to get somewhere because you are scared. Do you know what Lindbergh meant by this? No, I didn't. Did you have a feeling by the statement that Lindbergh made you that something was going to happen when the police got to the house? I didn't know what, but I had this feeling. I couldn't think what he was talking about. Explain in detail the teachings of Lindbergh Sanders to your group. It was the white man couldn't go to heaven, but the black man could. The Bible was made particularly for the black man, but not the white man. We couldn't eat pork or drink clear water. Don't commit fornication. Couldn't cut your hair. Couldn't shave. It was all right to smoke marijuana. He called it the herb from the fields. It was just the Holy Bible. Everything in the Bible was basic. Have you ever had a disagreement with Lindbergh over his teachings? Several times. How would he react when you disagreed with him? He'd fly off real bad. He felt like if we had anything wrong, he could correct us. Did Lindbergh make any statements to you that he did not like policemen? 
He disliked policemen, yeah. Did he ever mention the name of any policeman that he disliked more than others? He said all policemen were the same, white or black. If someone would have entered Lindbergh's house while the group was there, would the group do anything to this person that Lindbergh told them to? Yes. If the group had got in trouble, what would Lindbergh think of someone running out on the group? I can't think of no name, but I know he would have a name for them. Terrible. I know that. Were they followers of his, really believed in his teachings, avid followers? Yes, avid followers of Lindbergh. Lindbergh said he was following as Jesus, and we were following Lindbergh, so we were all following Jesus. Did the group look upon Lindbergh as God, as a king? Yes. If some of the group would have wanted to come out of the house on Shannon Street, could Lindbergh have talked them out of coming out? Yes. What was Lindbergh's belief about death? That the only reason you would die was God killing you. That if you were doing what the book said, he says you couldn't die. Did Lindbergh believe that any human being on earth could kill him? No. Mr. McRae, do you know or are you acquainted with Lindbergh Sanders? I know him. What is your association with him? I was raised in the neighborhood, went to Shannon School with his kids. Which of his kids are you speaking of? Larnell and Lacita Sanders. Through the years, you know, just grew up around each other. On Tuesday, January 11, 1983, were you in Lindbergh Sanders' house? Yes, sir. Who else was at the house while you were there? Larnell Sanders, David Jordan, Cassell Harris, Andrew, I don't know his last name, Michael Coleman, James Murphy, myself, Jackie Young, T.C. Smith, Tyrone Henley. It's, it's Lindbergh's son. Lindbergh Sanders were, there were some guys there earlier in the day, and one of them was Melvin. Earl Thomas, my brother-in-law, he was there. Why had y'all spent the night at Lindbergh's house? We had been reading the Bible all that day and about 12 o'clock on Monday, when it got close to midnight, we was fixing to leave. We read the Bible some more, and he says, y'all are welcome to stay and spend the night. And we felt sorry for him because he was lonely, and we spent the night. What was the physical condition and mental condition of yourself and the other people in the house Tuesday evening when the police arrived? David Lindbergh, Larnell, Earl, the ones that was still in there. Right before the police came, everything was peaceful. But the answer to your question is, we was high as hell. Who is the leader of this religious group? Had to have been Mr. Sanders. What the Lindbergh Sanders teacher preached in regards to this religion. When I first met him, he talked to me about why did I eat pork. I told him because it was on earth and was all right. He showed in the Bible where you're not supposed to touch a hog or eat hog, and I believed it. I said, yeah, and then from that, he was teaching about the commandments and statutes, what God gave Moses 
and that we were supposed to live by the Ten Commandments. Other than that, that was what I thought he was teaching until this happened. Did Lindbergh Sanders ever discuss with yourself in the group as to why he did not like police officers? Other than the reason he said they had beat him over at the mental hospital, that was the only reason I knew. Had he ever referred to the police as being the devil? Referring to those two that beat him, those kind are the devil. That meant harm to him. But yes, he did refer to the police officers as being the devil. Apparently through the years you have been in Lindbergh Sanders' house many times. Do you ever recall seeing a lot of guns in the house? In his house. At one time when I was in school, he used to hunt a lot. And I knew he had a hunting weapon, had hunting weapons. I don't know how many he had, but I myself didn't see any of those during the time because mostly I wasn't in his house that much. I just played with his kids. When do you recall as to having seen weapons in the house the last time? It was so long ago. Do any of the people in your group carry weapons? No, sir. Did Lindbergh Sanders teach or preach that we're all one family as a unit and you will stick together even until death? Yes. Who else was at the house while you were there? Myself, TC, Reginald, Fred Davis, and a few more guys in there. I don't know who it was. Berg and his son and Cassell. Juju, Michael was there. Tyrone, one of his sons. Earl Thomas, David Lee Jordan. Would you say that by the time the police arrived at Sanders' home that everyone in the house was pretty high from smoking marijuana. Could have been, but not wasted. During the time period that you have been acquainted with Lindbergh Sanders, have you ever heard him make any type statements regarding his likes or dislikes for policemen? He told me he had some trouble with police years ago and they busted his head or something like that. That he did not care for them and did not want them coming to his house. Excuse me. I heard him say God will take care of whoever messes with him. Do you know what he meant by the statement God will take care of whoever messes with him? Meaning that God would do all the fighting for him or whatever he had to do. He always referred to the police as being the devil. After Michael received the phone call and then made the phone call back to someone, did this seem to upset Sanders? Lindbergh, to me, a little bit, seemed to upset him. It scared me because he said, you call those folks back and tell them where you're at and you ain't did nothing. Also, tell them where you're at and if they want to come over here to come on. Exactly where was you in the house when the police came to the door? Everybody was in the front. There was about three or four of us sitting in the floor around the table. When was the last time that Lindbergh told you that the world was coming to an end? Last Monday. What was his reaction when the world didn't come to an end on Monday? Was he pissed off or mad? Like I say, he was getting mean. Did Lindbergh ever tell any of his followers that if we ever got in trouble, and if one has to go, we all have to go. 
He told us more or less to be in unity together. I took it to mean together till until death. Did Lindbergh ever teach or preach violence against police officers or anyone else? Not to my knowledge. Did you ever know Lindbergh to have a lot of guns around the house? Not lately, but before I know him, he used to have a lot of guns, gun rack and all. Have you ever seen Lindbergh Sanders use any type of force on the members of the group? Yes, he used a stick, a black stick that he kept there. It was almost like a police blackjack, black wood. He never used it on me because I always stayed in a corner and kept quiet. I called him a lie once, and he said if I ever called him a lie again, he was going to kick me in my ass, so I never called him a lie. Okay, that's going to be the conclusion of uh, part one of episode three. Well, I know that's a good bit of information on Lindbergh, but I thought it was important we get a perspective from the seven surviving members of the group that was uh, at the house on January 11th, 1983. You've got difference of opinion on was Lindbergh a, a violent man towards the members. Some said yes, some said no. Pretty consistent in the anger towards the police, but there seemed to be a difference of a, a opinion between the members. Some said that anger was only directed at the two officers that beat him at the uh, mental institution. And then you've got some that made a blanket statement and said, well, he was, he didn't like any police, black or white. Uh, also, a couple of members mentioned that uh, Lindbergh talked about that some of the members would get scared when the police got there. Didn't really understand what that meant. Now, when we get to the um, conclusion of the call, so we'll either have one, maybe two more episodes, I'm sorry, parts to episode three. But I do want to tell you my theory as to um, did Lindbergh, did he have a pre-designed plan to attack the police when they got there? Or was it just the events themselves that unfolded? And it was a spur of the moment thing. So, but I will tell you what I think. It, it differs from, uh, differs from other people. though, so, especially police officers. But I'll probably wait and we'll talk about that either the conclusion of the, the next part of episode three or if there is a third part to episode three. Whenever that is, I will tell you my belief about what Lindbergh was planning to do, or at least what I think he was planning to do and what he was trying to do. But anyways, we'll get to all that in uh, part two. Oh, I appreciate y'all listening and your patience. I guess y'all have noticed that some of these statements, they're hard to read, the uh, grammatical issues. 
So that's the same problem I had when I wrote the book. I, I put in there exactly what was in the files. So I did get some criticism that the book had grammatical errors, but they're grammatical errors because that's how the case file is reflected. So, but anyway, folks, thank you again for your patience with me and we will see you in a couple of days and we'll continue to work on this case file. Thank you. And as always, we'll see you down the road.